There we go. All right, so welcome back to the show. Um, this last episode we just did is going great, so thanks to all the people for listening. Uh, we posted on our Instagram the other day kind of a suggestions thing to get an idea from the people of what they would like to hear. And for the next couple episodes, we're just going to run those out real quick because we only had a few submissions because the Instagram's not very big yet. So the first one that we're going to start with is uh, somebody suggested album rankings from a particular band from worst to best. And we had a couple different artists in mind, and originally we were going to do Death. They have no bad albums. But it was really hard because they don't have a bad album. So we went with the Ramones, which I know has kind of been done a million times, but it hasn't been done by us. And And we can do it off the top of our heads real quick. like Pretty much. And we're not going to go overly in-depth with breaking down each album or too many facts or anything just because of the amount of things that are already out there in existence. I mean, the Ramones have been a band for since 74 and obviously are no longer a band and haven't been in a long time, but they have been talked about endlessly, but for good reason. Right. Godfathers of punk rock. They are one of the most iconic punk bands to ever exist. So you want to just, what's your, uh, well, we both 14 Yeah, so there's 14 14 studio albums, albums, and what we're going to do is just bounce them off of each other. So Jeremy, his number 14, and then I'll do mine, and we'll kind of highlight a couple songs here and there. And then I'm sure there will be, like, a couple little things that get brought up in between. Yeah, we'll throw some shit at you. But I believe uh, you and I have the same Same number number 14. Because it sucks. Acid Eaters, yeah. it's, uh, (laughs) It's awful. Um, this album was just sort of doesn't even, cover album. Yeah, it doesn't and even. Joey's not even singing. Doesn't exist in my world. And it's CJ singing, if I remember correctly. And it is. I just don't really. It doesn't have the Ramones feel to it whatsoever. I don't even know if it should be considered a studio album, honestly. Since yeah, I don't, it is I don't mostly, even want to consider the Ramones record, to be honest. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. Dude. Cool cover, though. Yeah, that's true, but. But the album itself is pretty lackluster. If we bought albums based on covers, man, we'd have a lot of shit. I seen that record like at Vertigo when I was there, and it was like 16 bucks. Really? And I was like, man, I know this is a bootleg because right. they haven't been done in so long. But And I was going to buy it, but then I was like, ah, I don't, I'm never going to listen to it. Right, it's just a filler. One day I'll find the two that I'm missing. All right, so let's just say screw 14 and move on to an actual album. All right, 13. My 13 is the 1987 album Halfway to Sanity. That's your 13? Yep. Okay. How come? It's the 10th album to come out. I just, there's only a couple of songs that do it for me on it. And uh, I Want to Live is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's the first track right it opens with that and you'll notice that on a lot of fucking ramones albums they're front loaded yeah they start off strong and yeah. kind of i like Peter weasel out. face and garden of sanity garden weasel, of sanity weasel awesome. face is like a really weird song though joey does that super strange nasally voice in it 
and it's cool, but it's it's kind of like a gimmick. Yeah, it's not a type of thing. I don't really take it as a serious song. Well, another song I really like on there is it's like that. It's a you know, it's like campy and shit, but it's go little Camaro go. I think that's fucking funny. It's a good one too. What do you have for thirteen? Um, my thirteen is Subterranean Jungle. Okay. Which is the 83 album. Yep. Um, not necessarily that it's like a bad, bad album, but there's not really any standout tracks to it. No, for I know. Me. When that box set came out for uh, Record Store Day, yeah. it was cool to get all the later albums and stuff, but I think that is the one that I've played the least out of all of them. Uh, like, Psychotherapy is cool. And Outsider? Yeah. That sucks. I think it's kind of, like, the cover's cool, I think, where they're all kind of in that, um, trying to look tough in that subway car and all the graffiti. Yeah, and it was at kind of a weird point in their career where they were trying to find a commercially successful album, even though down the road their albums would, some of them would be ranked amongst the top 100 albums of all time. Initially, they weren't in that regard. Right, yeah, they were trying, like, a different sonic path, which... I don't know. And I believe they kicked Marky Ramon out of the band for drinking. Yep. And on the cover, it's kind of funny because he's in the back, you know, kind of like behind the window. Well, actually, yeah. So um, they switched the drummer from Tommy to Marky on Subterranean Jungle. Right. And that was the last album with Marky. All right, what do you got for 12? Um, 12... I have 1989's Brain Drain, but saying that, it does have one of my fucking favorite... Pet Cemetery. Yeah, songs on it by the Ramones, which is Pet Cemetery, and I do love I Believe in Miracles. I was going to say, I like I Believe in Miracles but, a lot. You know, that's just it, though. We're going by the album, two songs, and I don't know. No, there isn't any other tracks on there that I'm, like, super crazy about, I guess. Right. So that's why I ended up at that position. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much all that I That was when that. Marky came back into the band, and CJ had replaced DD on bass. Oh, okay. On yeah, that Brain 89. Drain album, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me check something out there. Brain um, Brain. What number are we on? 12. Mine are backwards. Yeah, we're on 12. Because I did worst to best, but it's numbered 1, 2, 3, so I keep looking at the bottom, <laughs> oh, and I'm, like, it. finding the favorite ones, and I'm like, that ain't right. That's kind of where I'm at. It's like I have the list in order that they came out, and then I wrote on the side, so I'm bouncing all over the place. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you looking for something? Um, Just that I'd just like to point out a little side note on this brain drain. So that's when Dee Dee left to pursue his rap career. And apparently he, you know, he had to go to the hospital. He had an epiphany musically and artistically and thought that he should be a rapper. And that's when he dropped the album Standing in the Spotlight under the moniker Dee Dee King. And uh, I own this record. <laughs> and it is, it's so bad, it's good. I mean, I, I, I was fucking stoked when I found it. I'm like, I can't believe they even repopped this piece of shit. Yeah. And it's it's fucking bad, but it's so good. And, you know, if you have the opportunity and you could actually put something that bad out in the world, 
That's pretty cool. You can, you know, smear shit on vinyl and sell it. Just his name alone carried the weight to sell that, I'm sure. Right, right. Because if you tied Ramon to anything at that time, you know, in that era. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to sell it. And another odd thing is that's the first solo non-Ramones album by an original member from the Ramones. Before Joey's solo album. So that's uh, fun. Excuse me. All right, so for 12, I have end of century. Or end of the century, I'm sorry. This was the Phil Spector album. Yeah. And good and all, but it's kind of like more polished than I was wanting it to be, really. Oh, definitely. Or, you know, my first impression upon ever listening to it, it wasn't the immediate Ramon sound that no. I was used to. So I didn't really... And the cover is just so fucking boring. Yeah, it looks like... It looks, looks like, like a all-in-the-family yeah. photo shoot, but with four of the weirdest-looking people <laughs> you've ever seen. Yeah, or like an old, like, senior picture from the 70s where, like, a group of fucking, oh, here's the chess club, you yeah. know? Just those four guys. Right. <laughs> Feel like that's it, you know? Yeah, Phil Spector, man. I know they looked up to him and shit, but that was like a horrible choice. Yeah. I mean, he's a legendary producer, but just because you're a legendary producer doesn't mean that you're going to be good at everything you produce. It's, yeah. All right. Well, what are we on to 11? 11. 11's where I put Subterranean Jungle. Okay. Nope. I mean, that's just where it's at, I guess. Yeah. Uh, my 11 is Pleasant Dreams. Okay. It's a good album, but it doesn't rank anywhere up in my favorites. There's only a handful of songs on it that I really care for. Yeah, it's kind of like End of the Century and Pleasant... Like, I like Pleasant Dreams, obviously. But End of the Century, they're both, like... They don't sound too much like... Uh, a Ramones record based on the uh, first four that came out. You could definitely tell they're going into more of a let's make some money and write some pop songs, you know? Yeah. This was that. Yeah. And they do have, I mean, We Want the Airwaves is a great song. Oh, yeah, I love it. And the KKK Took My Baby Away is on there, which somebody told me a story one time that that's about I can't remember which member, but one of the members was extremely right in politics and took Joey's girlfriend. It's Johnny. It's Johnny, okay. He was extremely right in politics, as in right-sided, not like his decision was right. So he wrote that song in regard to that. So Johnny in that song is the KKK. Uh, As far as, like, from what I've heard. I, I think I've heard that story before, too. Because I know that Johnny Johnny stole Joey's girlfriend. Okay, so that would make sense then. Yeah, it was uh, her name was Linda Danielle. Okay, what you got for ten? Oh, number ten is Adios Amigos. <laughs> oh, this is what makes us so different, yeah. you know. Our lists are a lot different. Yeah, actually. and it's just because it, I don't know. It's just I'm just a fan of the. The older shit, I guess. But I do like I Don't Want to Grow Up and uh, Born to Die in Berlin. Yep. Dee Dee singing. That's fucking badass. That's supposed to be about Sid, I think. 
Yeah, it is. It's supposed to be like about Sid. And he's like, oh, don't do heroin. You're never going to win. Like, that's one of the lines. Like, while he's probably in the booth shooting up. I think the cover to that album is really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. it's so weird. And yeah. it has nothing whatsoever to do with the Ramones. For anybody that doesn't know, it's two dinosaurs wearing sombreros. Yeah, it's badass. And it's just, I don't know, tacky and weird. Like, that was the Ramones' last album before they broke up. That was 95. Uh, number 10, I have Too Tough to Die, which, decent record. I don't really have a ton to say about it one way or the other. has its songs here and there. Like, Warthog was really cool, Danger Zone, uh, and... I don't know. It just kind of... It's a mediocre record. I feel like it kind of fell into the subterranean jungle territory where it didn't really have a whole lot that stood out. Right. Like, it's good background music, but it's not something... It's not one of their albums that I listen to on repeat. For sure. Gotcha. Number nine. My number nine is Animal Boy from 1986. I wonder if we're going to have any that are the same. We might not. Animal Boy had Bonzo Goes to Blitberg, which is, I believe, about Richard Nixon. <laughs> I like the title track the best on that album. Animal Boy? Yeah, I think it's funny. Somebody Put Something in My Drink is really good, too. That I actually originally heard that song as a Children of Bodom cover and never... Really? Well, yeah, it. I guess. I didn't know it was a Ramones song until Down the Road. Because they, Children of Bodom did it on their Are You Dead Yet album, and I think they had a video, or no, no, I bought the album when it came out, it was like 05, and I liked the song, but didn't know until later that it was a Ramones cover. The Ramones, um, I think the Ramones had a video for that song too. I don't sure. know if Children of Bodom had a video, it was, I think it was just a bonus track on the album after I thought about it. Oh, alright. Uh, number nine for me, I have Rocket to Russia, which... Number nine, why so low? I don't know. I guess it was... It's probably one of the most iconic albums, I would say. Like, if you were to pick up a Ramon's Greatest Hits, like, six of these tracks from that album are going to be on there. Right. But I think that's also kind of what deterred me from it, because I've just heard those songs uh, endlessly. See. And that, again, isn't one of the albums that I really revisit that much. Like, if I were going to pick one of those, I would go with one of the earlier ones, at least. I would go with Road to Rune or Leave Home. Well, on uh, on that record, Rocket to Russia, that, apparently that was the closest the Ramones came to a hit with Rockaway Beach and the B-Side Babysitter. The original B-Side was supposed to be Carbona, not glue. I like the surfing bird cover. Yeah. Bird, bird, bird. <laughs> yeah. But Trash, man. I have that 45. They actually had a five-figure budget to record that, which <laughs> five figures is pretty good for a punk band in 1977. Yeah, considering that their first album was like the budget was $6,400. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Definitely. And that is like in Rolling Stone, like I think it was like number seventeen of the top one hundred greatest albums of all time, or something like that. From less than ten grand. Yeah, it's nuts. And that's probably next to like, I don't know, something crazy that It'd has a be high next budget. Next to like a Queen fucking yeah, 
Night at the Opera. Night at the Opera, yeah. I was going to say Marvin Gaye, I Want You, but I feel like the recording budget for that was probably kind of low, too, at the time. Because I know Barry Gordy took all these shortcuts in recording and shit, so... Gotta get that money. Yeah. All right, um, what do you got for eight? Number eight is where I put Pleasant Dreams. And um, obviously, we want the airwaves. If I had a top ten Ramones, like, you know, playlist... That would probably be on it. And it'd be hard not to put She's a Sensation on it. Because, uh, you know, I like that shit. The um, 60s simple, like the She's a Sensation thing. Love it. It's all I've I, got you know. the self-titled album for number eight. And it pretty much goes the same story as Rocket to Russia. The songs have been beaten to Played death. Out, but yeah. also, they're... I'm trying to think of the word to really describe those songs. They're not really punk rocky at that point yet. They're kind of figuring that out still, it seems. like the, It seems like they took their influences and carried that into the first album. Their influences were obviously stuff from like the 50s and 60s. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. It's and, like uh, just, by the time they got to like leave home, that's when they were like picking up like where it's actually playing yeah fast like a lot of the songs are a minute long two minutes long and like beat on the brat is it's a good song but it's just so there's nothing to it one of my favorite songs is um i want to be your boyfriend obviously that's more of a fucking doo-wop style song and it's slow you know compared to if you were to say this is punk rock you're gonna be like what the fuck and it's crazy that he tried that with the way his voice is, Joey, because yeah. he does not have a singing voice. He's got a great voice. I love how unique his voice is, but right. as far as, like, well, yeah, it, singing kind of a ballad type yeah. of thing. No, he can't no, sing for Not sure. at all. <laughs> but that's the appeal to the Ramones is right. the lack of him being able to sing. Like, so you're not going out. in there looking for Freddie Mercury or, you know, like, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> All right. What are we down to now? Seven. seven. Okay. So I put Too Tough to Die at seven. Okay. Um, I've got uh, Leave Home at seven. Okay. Same thing, kind of? You're uh, just tired of hearing it? or? No, nah, not really. Or you just don't I just like really it? prefer their later stuff than their earlier stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's You'll where You'll see I... as we get into the last few albums yeah. that are all kind of like the later albums. It's almost like our lists went in reverse. Yeah, now see, but that's, it reflects, you know, like yeah. all mine are, it's like complete opposite. It's funny. What are we, uh, we're on to number six? Six. Six, I put Mondo Bizarro. Okay. Um, From 92. I think that's a pretty. The only reason I put it lower, it between this one and my next one, I kind of went back and forth, and then I just realized, not a matter of life and death, just put a number next to it. Right. I do but, that too, where I'm constantly yeah, overthinking it, and yeah. I'm just like, I ah, just put the damn thing down. And uh, my favorite song on that is "Heidi Is a Headcase." For personal reasons, I uh, I know some crazy bitches, and that's kind of what it, it reminds me of. Are any of them named Heidi? No, actually. Um, for six, I've got Brain Drain. And, I mean, we kind of already said everything right. to be said on that one. Move on to five. Number five is uh, 
end of the century for me. Okay. That's way higher on your list yeah. than mine. But that's because of Chinese rocks. Didi wrote that, and then, of course, Johnny Thunders did it. Mm. And then uh, The Return of Jackie and Judy. That song in particular only because it's one of the earlier songs I heard. I don't even know, a long time ago, maybe like junior high-ish. I don't know, but I always had a thing for that song. But, yeah, I mean, there really isn't much else you can we you can say that we haven't already said. Right. I'm noticing that as we're... We didn't think about that no. going into, but whatever. We, like, don't have the double of things to say, but it's cool. Yeah, we. it's all good. Uh, number five, I have Halfway to Sanity. Oh, okay. Which, I don't know. I like that album. It's more, like, not rocky sounding, but it sounds like they really found their niche in playing, like, the way they're... It has the early elements, but it also has the elements of the well, punk, punk yeah, music like at the right time. Yeah, right in the middle of their career. Yeah, because you got to think at this time they're dealing with like bands like, what is it, 87? So hardcore punk is coming around and shit's faster, heavier, whatever. And you got these guys that were doing Blitzkrieg pop not that long ago trying to yeah. keep up with that. I imagine that was hard because I... They have this such iconic sound, so you don't want to change that, but you kind of want to stay relevant in your scene that you pretty much built. I, You know, it's almost... I could kind of compare the Ramones to um, ACDC in the sense of they how the their, albums are. They had their know? blueprint and kind of went with it. Right. Yeah, except I would say Ramones are better than ACDC. Oh, I would uh, totally agree. And we'll argue with anybody for hours. What do you got for four? My number four is Rocket to Russia. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. For obvious reasons. Yeah, I just... It's a great album, don't get me wrong. It's just one of the ones that I... I was basing this list... These are my personal worst to best. It's not analytically i'm breaking it down every single step of why because then the list would be completely different no and i'm doing it in the way that how i like them as well and i've changed the number one a couple of times but yeah try and do a limb i think i know what your number one is probably i'm like process of elimination in my head right now trying to figure out what you got left uh my number four is animal boy and Bonzo Goes to Blitberg's like one of my favorite Ramones songs. It just always gets stuck in my head. And Hair of the Dog. Hair and of the Dog. I already good. said somebody put something in my drink, but that and Animal Boy. And I don't know. I just, that album was a lot of fun to me. And it was not even, like, critically, it wasn't even close to one of their best albums. People were kind of like, ah, whatever. It's the fucking Ramones. This is their. Like their 10th album or yeah, some shit. Yeah, Like it just kind of slipped by. Yeah. All right. Well, my the number three. Top three. Number three is the self-titled first album for me. Pretty much for what we just said a few minutes ago, you know. It it could be at the top of the list. It could be at whatever. It could be wherever, but. Depending on the day. Right. And for me. I don't think that's the best. Like, I don't listen to that one the most. I don't. I hate to say that, but I think it's overrated, to be honest. I don't think 
just, don't know if I can say that, but there's just... It's one of those things that originally it didn't... It wasn't written and intended to be the success that it was. Right, right. So the simplicity of it compared to what they did later on in their careers seems so... It's just such a night and day difference. Oh, totally. Because those songs are so basic and simple and... I mean, they were young. They were first starting their career. It was 1974. There wasn't really yeah. anything that sounded like that. They were only playing for a couple of years by that point, and they nobody could play when they started. So, one cool thing that I read somewhere was from 1974 to 75, they played 74 shows at CBGBs. That is fucking gnarly. Which is. That's like a little over half. Well, it's 52 weeks. It's like, yeah. well, well, let's say it's like 1.3 shows a, a it's week. at least, a, yeah, two shows a week or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to think they're not having shows on a Monday there. Or maybe they were. I don't know. It, um, if that would have been cool. It was the Sunday matinee, man. I just played that the fuck out of that shit. Yeah. That would have been cool to go to CB's in its prime. When it was like the Ramones and television and the Dead Boys. And Blondie. Blondie. Yeah, that'd be a trip. Even like the police and stuff were there. Um, talking Heads. I don't remember if I just said that already or not. You said television. Ah, uh, there we go. I knew I had a T in there. Uh, my number three is Road to Rune. Okay. To me, like of their first four albums, that's the best one. That's what like really launched their definitive sound i guess yeah, yeah. and has the most notable songs on it to me um i just want to have something to do i love that song because i'm fucking bored all the time and also just want to have something to do yeah that's and, the fucking that's probably like the best opener yeah on an album i love that song as well and it has i want to be sedated on it which is one of the more popular songs but still a good song and a lot of their songs really had like a political background from like they were adapted from things that were going on in the world at that time. Yeah, they're not as uh when you listen to it it's not as there's something there's a meaning to it if you really listen and look into it it's not just some dumbass lyrics. Yeah. All right, what do you got for two? Number 2, I have Leave Home, their second record. That's where I think that they um they started to come into their own with the, you know, punk rock sound, I suppose. Yeah, that was definitely where it where they started. But I think Road to Rune was where it was refined. Well, that's that's my number two, right? Yeah, Road to Rune's your number one. It's got Road be. to Rune is my number one. Okay. And uh dude, I don't to me that's like that's the best album, obviously. It's my number one. It's one of my favorite I covers. I love the way it too. sounds. I love the cover, right? The cartoon. Yeah. I can play it from front to back. And I cannot say that about a lot of the other A stuff. lot of them, right. Because it's, you know, like Ryan there were, said earlier, it's cool to throw on in the background. Yeah, there's definitely albums that had songs that were just filler. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you now what are your number two, number one? Um, number two and number one are their last two albums. So, Mondo Bizarro, uh, that... The Job That Ate My Brain is another one of my favorite Ramones songs, and Poison Heart, even like, yeah. like I said earlier, he wasn't a ballady type of singer, but that was another slower song that was 
he made it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was. Was there? There was a video for that song, wasn't there? Yeah, as far as I know. And then there's songs like Anxiety, Cabbies on Crack is really fun. I put Anxiety um, on was on my one of the songs for yeah. that album that I really dig. Censorship. That was another really yeah. good one. And then my number one is Adios Amigos. That has all of my favorite. Like She Talks to Rainbows, I think is my all-time favorite yeah. Ramones song. And I don't even know why, really. Like it's, it's, funny. it's just about a weird girl, but it's just... Hey, man, shit hits you the way it hits you. That's almost another ballady song of theirs, kind of, but it just the concept of the song I really like a lot, and it's just so weird. Like, who would talk to birds and rainbows and trees? Fucking goddamn smelly hippies. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about um, Leave Home, the song I Remember You. I would put that's probably, that's in my top five Ramon songs for sure. And that's like on a personal reason because I think of certain, you know, somebody when I hear that. And uh, it could put me in a good mood or it could make me want to fucking punch something. Right. All depends on who I'm thinking about, you know? Unfortunately, Mondo Bizarro and Adios Amigos are the two most expensive yeah, to find Ramones albums to find because they haven't been done since. Adios Amigos was done in 2013. And prior to that, it wasn't done to from 95, which was the original release. Did they? No, the, I don't the imagine repress, there isn't even a U.S. No, there is. There is um, a U.S. LP? Yeah, because they switched from Sire Records to Radioactive Records. Okay. Which was they... a subsidiary of Chrysalis Records, I believe. That sounds right. And they those just last... let them do it. I think it was just the last two albums or maybe the last three. I can't remember. Oh, but, well, when they switched the eater, albums, yeah. yeah. Well, I was taking Acid Eater out of that equation. I can't remember if Halfway to Sanity... No, Halfway to Sanity... Or, I'm sorry. Halfway to Sanity is on Brain Drain. Sire. Brain Drain's on Sire also, I'm pretty sure. It is. I mean, I know it's in the box set because I looked at it last night. Yeah, so it's a Sire album. That's right. I knew that too, actually, yeah. now that I think about it. Funny thing is, though, I didn't even open it until last night. Box set? Yeah. Really? Because I had, or I still have, Pleasant Dreams and Subterranean Jungle. I had old copies. Yeah. And I've listened to the Ramones so much in my life. That it's not one of those things you often put on. Right. Like, for me, I I can put on any Ramones, like, the first five albums and sing along to all of them. It's like... That's how I am with Adios Amigos. Gotcha. Like, every time I play that, I feel like I'm, like, a careless kid again and just have right fun. On. And it, I don't know, it puts me in a good mood That's every good time. Shit. But I don't have any physical copies of it. My kid has a CD, and I get to play that whenever I want to. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I don't have the record, nor have I really found the CD. I guess I technically I did buy the CD because I bought the CD for him. But No, I, I feel you. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, that box set, by the way, is it's pretty fucking badass. I have a feeling that they'll redo the last few just because of them redoing yeah, the whole existing catalog already. Demand, right. But the issue with the label is probably the holdup. I would imagine. Because Sire is owned by Warner Brothers, I think. If they still are. If they still are. Well, and yeah, they would be. Warner Brothers is still owned by Warner Brothers, isn't it? 
I mean, as far as I know, is unless Disney bought it. <laughs> Fuckers buy everything. Disney owns the Ramones. That would be weird. Oh, I'd like to point out a uh, another Ramones track that is uh, held in high regard at my house, and that is their version of Spider-Man. I remember uh, when my kid was about three years old, I had Pet Cemetery on a like a mix, and um, he got to the point where he was singing it, and then he's singing it like the chorus in front of his mom, and then I get a dirty look because, you know, our three-year-old son is singing... Uh, I don't want to live my life again, you know? And she's like, what the fuck is wrong? You can't have him singing that. And then I was like, okay. And then he started singing Easy E and asked, why are the boys in the hood so hard? Also received a look for that. I would imagine, yeah. But those are my, that's a Ramon story I have. Also, uh, I was I working really at a shop, any... listening to like some metal. Switched it out, put some fucking Ramones on. Guy comes back, so like, how do you fucking listen to all that crazy screaming metal shit and, and then put on the, the Beach Ramones. Boys? <laughs> the he beach said boys. the fucking Beach Boys. I'm like, dude, it's the Ramones. Oh, uh, what? Uh. It's like, whatever, man. But yeah, so not everybody knows who the Ramones are. Um, there was one thing that I wanted, or a few things, little facts that I wanted to point out. Uh, the Ramones played 2,263 live shows in their career, which is a shitload. Yeah, that's that was a like lot of shows, Non-stop man. touring, because their tour or their career was from 74 to 95, and that's. I mean, I can't do the math right in my head about how many shows a year that is, but that's quite a few shows per year. Another thing, the last name Ramon was a pseudonym for anybody that doesn't know that. None of the members were actually related. But this was inspired by Paul McCartney from the Beatles, who used to check into hotels with the pseudonym Paul Ramon, but he didn't have an E. And if I remember correctly, it was... Johnny, or it was either Dee Dee or Johnny that first used Ramon as the pseudonym. And then they all kind of were convinced to do it after that. And originally, Joey... I think it was Dee Dee. Was it? I okay. think so. Joey was originally supposed to be the drummer, and Dee Dee was the guitarist and vocalist. But their original bass player couldn't play for shit, so Dee Dee switched... And then Johnny being the only guitar player following that. And Joey went off of drums, switched to singing, which was crucial to the band. Because if they hadn't, didn't have Joey singing, they wouldn't have sounded anywhere near I don't what think they, they sounded like. I don't think it would have took off. No. Because at that time, it was like New York Dolls and stuff yeah. like that. And people that were trying to replicate that were trying to do Johnny Thunder stuff. Speaking of the uh, glam scene, I believe you have that book, Ramones. An American band, yep. and it talks about the black Joey. one. It looks yeah. like a Bible almost. Yeah. Anybody yeah. out there read that's awesome. It's not too big. Ramones, an American band, but in there, they talk about Joey dressing up in glam, and yep. in that kind of you know Mark Borland style. And look up Joey Ramone in the Ramones, <laughs> and then imagine him in woman's clothes and makeup. Yeah. It's fucked up, dude. Because he's a very... He's fugly as a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's ugly as hell. 
but he's such a interesting looking person that it almost worked to his favor because if he was just an average ass looking dude and they weren't they didn't like if the ramones didn't look like they were fucking grown in a science lab somewhere in somebody's basement i don't think their appeal would have been as high because they were just these scrawny ass weird looking kids that wrote songs about everything that they didn't want to do yeah, it's like and like just downers with like severe anxiety to the point of where they'd play their shows or their songs. Like each song was about twenty thirty seconds because they were so nervous that they were just fucking ripping it out as fast as they could. But it helped them develop their crucial sound. I mean, well, fuck, when they that's would punk count off right there, that shit's exactly. like born right there. When they count off their one, two, three, four, like that moment just the counting right there for joey yelling that over that is one of the most iconic things in music or sorry um but that's one of the most iconic things in music and it's still copied and it's still used today in that same like one two three four yep it's cool when a band can make that much of an impact from generation to generation even carrying it across it's not just in punk, like it's in rock, it's in metal, it's in there's Think elements this. to it everywhere. If the fucking Ramones sold as many records as they have fucking t shirts, they'd be bigger than like fucking Aerosmith, dude. Yeah. Well, Next time didn't... you see somebody in a Ramones shirt that may or you think, ah, I don't think they listen to punk rock, ask them what their favorite song is and see if they know. It's a fun experiment. You could probably do that with Slayer and Metallica as well. There's some YouTube kids that go around asking people their favorite songs of their band shirts and shit. Oh, that's great. I'm always prepared for that. Come find me, YouTube kid. Yep. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Albums Rank. Yeah, like I said, I didn't want to drag this out too much. To I feel like people are going to be like, oh, the Ramones. But, you know, whatever, they're awesome. We'll probably do some more album rankings down the road, but it's only really doable with bands that have a lengthy discography because they need points to fall off. And Yeah, we almost have to have it almost like seven or eight albums and then do it maybe. And just with seven, death, or eight varying, so seven or eight varying albums right. too, not just it, yeah, because death, death was like all bangers. Every single one, they're good. Some you yeah. could argue are more listenable than others, but not a single goes, one was bad. Right. Yep. I'm totally with that. Speaking of which, I'm missing one. Symbolic. Yep. It's the only one on a different label. Got to get on top of that shit. Yeah. It's like 120 bucks. You waiting for the repop. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, we're out of here later. Peace.